0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It occurs to me that it's probably the only daily NFL podcast still. So uh suck it, everybody else who doesn't have it. Just kidding. Um, super friend show, got some mailbags, some 17 game talk. We got some, uh, expanded playoff chatter. Didn't really warrant an emergency podcast. Came close, but not quite because it's only a proposal. You see, we'll cover that. We'll talk about our combine coverage for next week. Uh, Ryan Wilson is here. He'll be holding it down from Indianapolis as he shoves shrimp and horseradish into his face.
2: Excited for that, Ryan? You know, um, after eating the Impossible Burger, I think I'm a little less on the on the meat bandwagon. So I may get a salad. Okay,
1: <laughs>
2: that's a choice.
1: That's a, that's a thing. I mean, I don't know that like shrimp necessarily qualify as meat per se. I guess they are meat. I had a shrimp quesadilla the other night It was delicious.
2: Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm a big fish guy, and fish tacos are the are the bomb. I don't think that fish tacos at the steak joint uh, at what's it called, San Elmos. St. Elmos, probably not.
1: But um, Sean, good. have you been to San Elmos? I have not, oh, but, I, but I, I do like
3: the tradition of Brinson throwing it at the Ryan first and Ryan launching into a 30-minute thing about something.
1: It's the best. Uh, Breach, how you doing, buddy? John Breach? I,
3: I'm just, like,
4: trying to get the bad taste of that horrible horseradish sauce out of my mouth.
1: Oh, I love it. It's
4: still nightmares I have to this day. I don't even like horseradish, and so this was extra spicy, and I, I actually like spicy. <laughs> and not to go on another tangent – but keep me away from horses and radishes, and if you combine the two, it's even worse.
3: Let me go on the
4: record and say, I love horseradish.
3: I love radishes. And I like horses. Horses are cool. Um,
1: radishes are kind of trash. Yeah.
3: Well, if you're, if you're Korean, like, that's a pretty big staple of the Korean diet. Oh,
2: sorry. Like, it's, a, oh, uh, it's a
3: type of kimchi.
2: How often kimchi. do you eat authentic Korean food, Sean? Do I eat authentic Korean food? How often? How often do you
1: eat non-authentic Korean food? Uh, not that often. I I used to
3: live across the street from a Korean grocery store, though. Uh, and says, that was
2: says man who lives in big city. Okay, go ahead. What's that? You yeah. live in big city. Everyone lives across the street from an ethnic grocery store.
3: I no, this was like a like famous in the East Bay Korean grocery store. I used to live across the street from. Um So that was great. No, I don't. The only time I eat like Korean food usually is when I go home and my mom cooks for me. But well, I, 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 I used just, to live across the street from a weed stop, and someone got you... killed
1: once. You eat Korean food less than Ryan does, just to clear that up. Probably. Okay. Uh, Probably. Let's
2: get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. One question. Does Sean know the capital of South Korea, though? Who <laughs> can pronounce it? Seattle, <laughs> no <question>. <laughs>
1: right. I think it's called. Seattle. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, the uh, report from ESPN, and Jason Confora, uh as well, who notes that no vote is taking place. Um, on the new collective bargaining agreement uh, Thursday or Friday, but it's expected to take a look at it uh, soon. And as soon, so basically here's the deal. And after the 2010 season, is that right? After the 2010 season? Yeah. So the 2010 season, the, the, the collective bargaining agreement ran out. There was nearly a lockout. They hammered out something in place uh, after you know, not having really a, like a weird free agency. And then that was set to run out after next season. Well, they want to go ahead and get the collective bargaining agreement nailed down this offseason, possibly before March 18th in order to get it set up for the coming season. Some people believe, and I would tend to agree with them, that the reason the owners are kind of rushing this isn't just for labor peace and to make everybody happy. And so they can bang out these TV deals and get really rich. Uh, the new CBA, uh, some, you know, the reports that the, uh, the share of the players, uh, revenue would go from 47 up to 48 and a half, which is a pretty big swing. One and a half percent of uh, the the net revenues or the I guess the gross revenues, whatever it is. You can do the math on it. But more importantly, there's a bunch of stuff involving the schedule. For instance, for 2020, the playoffs would change. Seven teams, according to this report from Adam Schefter, seven teams, not six, seven would make it from each conference, meaning the only the uh, number one overall seed in each conference is the only team that would get a first round bye. You would, of course, have three wild card games. So three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Three teams would emerge, and then those three teams would be reseeded um, against the the other teams. Thoughts on expanded playoffs, guys?
4: I'll say real quick that Brinson. I don't think days were actually mentioned in the expanded playoff because Goodell had actually talked about putting a playoff game on Friday or Monday as recently as last year with the worrying being that if that Monday team had to play Saturday, that would be not ideal. So there were kinks being worked out, but I think that's why we didn't hear days mention because I don't think that is a
1: hundred percent set. I think uh, Schefter said Adam Schefter tweeted about Saturday and Sunday games, but I think you're right as well, breach that it would not surprise me at all if they try, if they did like a Thursday night football wildcard game.
4: Yeah, definitely. But I would like the format. I think Ryan here, Ryan, did you, uh, shed a few tears reading about this new format because if it had been in place the past eight years, the uh, Steelers would have been in the playoffs four times.
2: Yeah, and they would have lost four times because I think mostly they, they faced the Patriots, except for this year with, with Duck Hodges. They probably would have won the Super Bowl. But uh, other than that, yeah, so here's the thing. I think this is um, this is a good place to start if you're the owners because it's something that most people agree with. Like, oh, more playoff football. No one's really against that. Oh, more teams get in. There's a better chance my team, if I'm the Bengals or Bears, for example, have a chance to get in than they would otherwise um, and it's not like, okay, it's a 17 game season, uh, regular season game. We're not adding that. There's no gymnastics to do to, to sort of convince players that that's a good idea or the NFLPA. It's a playoff game. And, and I think that's a good starting point. At the end of the day, I think the, the, uh, the owners, much like the Cincinnati Bengals with the number one overall pick and Joe Burrow, have all the leverage. So this is just like an olive branch and say, like, hey, look at this. And then, uh, shiny object distracts you as they do the, the other things that they want to do, including that 17 game schedule. But I don't have any, issue with it inherently or otherwise i think it's a good idea and um who doesn't love january football and who doesn't love sort of things getting interesting in weeks 15 16 and 17 i hate it
1: oh you hate it i hate it just just to just to add on and let's just sort of bring it about too but like it's worth noting that um there would also be for 2021 17 regular season games and the season start at the same time which means you said january football in weeks 15 16 and 17 uh, it would be more like weeks seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, 16, 17, and 18, or would it be 17, 18, and 19? But you'd have to add two more weeks because you'd add a second
2: bye for each team, I believe. The 2020 season is when this playoff situation so might
1: Just the off. playoffs. But what I'm saying is that if you're going to hate on it, and you, even if you're just hating on I don't know if you're hating on it for expansion, Sean, or if you're hating on it, uh, for the extended timeline, but by 2021, by January 2022, we could be looking at like playoff
2: games, in, like, like the Super Bowl inching closer to March. Isn't the plan to have that uh Super Bowl of Valentine's Day? Was that something that someone mentioned somewhere? That's time. Terrible-
4: I tweeted that out and we talked about it on the podcast, <laughs> but because look, if it does get pushed back, if you throw in two buys, uh JLC Jason Lockenfora said that if it goes to 17 games and two buys, we could get a Super Bowl the final Sunday of February and that could become the annual thing instead of the first Sunday of February. And then also uh that- if- there, that was if maybe if they add a week to the playoffs, if they don't do that and we just stay in the same format with one extra bye week, that's where you get the President's Day weekend uh, Super Bowl, but that also means Super Bowl fall on Valentine's Day.
1: So, Sean, you hate, what do you hate more, the playoffs or the regular season?
3: The playoffs. I would actually be generally okay with them expanding the regular season and adding extra bye weeks, and the timing doesn't bother me. I actually think it's fine if it goes further into February, because February – for like a sports fan, I think it's so dead, and it kind of helps bridge the gap. It would, gap also, too much it would also be
1: huge. It would be huge for you on Valentine's Day because you would no longer have to answer questions to your parents about why nothing was happening. Yeah, or update I, your I,
3: newsletter. Move. I was going to say I would have less time to write about movies though. Um, but no, I don't like it because. I don't think this to me is a classic case of the NFL has a lot of issues. Like they don't know what a catch is. They don't know what to do with pass interference. The entire incident replay system is broken. Uh, And they're fixing something that just doesn't need to be fixed. For me, the NFL already has the perfect playoff format out of every single league uh in in north america and i think the only flaw i can think of with the current playoff structure is when you have a nine and seven division winner hosting like an 11 and five wildcard team or something like that but that doesn't happen every year i don't think you gotta go and change the whole system because of that and what i don't like about this is two things one i think it gives the one seed way too big of an advantage and i'm fine with rewarding teams in the regular season uh for having the best record. The problem is that in the NFL in the 16-17 game season, the, the margins for that top seed are so razor thin that I don't think giving just one team the first-round buy um, is justified. Like, for example, the 49ers got the top seed this past season. They got that top seed by, like, half a yard because the Seahawks couldn't score from the half-yard line. I don't think them them being the only team, then, to get the reward of the buy is justified, especially when you look at the history of the playoffs and how many teams that go to the Super Bowl are a team that got that first round by and didn't have to play an extra week.
1: So just to be clear, you actually don't like rewarding regular season success.
3: I think the way they currently reward it is is fine. I think giving it to two teams is perfect, and I think giving it to only one team per conference swings it too far yeah. in, in favor of the top seed. Well, let, me, let me go to my, my other points. Er, uh, how many I points don't, do you have here? I said
1: two.
4: That was my first actually, one. Hey, them, Sean, you like to write about good? movies.
1: What's the name of the song that they play when they tell people to shut up at the Oscars? <laughs> Wow! Yeah. What is that? Good-
2: <laughs> what, what 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 is wrong with what I'm saying? It's are too you- long. By the way, here's my question, Sean. As you get into point fifty-seven, why are you okay with seventeen regular season games then?
3: Because I don't like reward. Wait, that that because it has nothing to do with the argument I just laid out. But I'm also, fine with if more you're football games. The regular
1: season wouldn't that in theory reduce the margins by which you need to get the number one seed, and therefore uh, only bolster the reason why you would just reward the, of the, the top team top top seat? in the top seed? Yeah, yes, yes,
3: but I would not. Change this playoff format. You're like I, I you're don't like, like adding you're
1: like one of those mascots in the dunk contest. Just getting like hammered, like dunked on, like like left and right. Can I go on to my second point?
4: But saying the 49ers are the team that barely got the bite, This is not a good year to use that example because I think a lot of people would argue the Packers. Shouldn't have gotten a buy, and this would have been the year where they didn't get a buy if there had been seven seeds. So, I mean, you can use the argument both ways, Sean. Okay, let
3: me go on to buy, my,
4: my other okay. uh, just to all,
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> just, no. But like the other, on the other side of the coin, on the AFC, you complain about the reward for the razor thin margins. There would have been no reward for the Chiefs and Patriots. It would have been the Ravens, who were clearly the best team that got the number one overall seed, and then no problem for the two and three seeds. So again, um, this is an absolute dunking. I have. That's four dunks in five. I have
3: fundamental problems with allowing 44% of the league into the playoffs. I think the playoffs should be exclusive, expanding it to 14 and 32 teams. I think what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of really crappy playoff games. Breach mentioned, of course, the Steelers would have made the playoffs this year. We would have had to watch Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think anyone needs to watch that. But we get Rams Packers, which I would have paid to watch. I would, I don't think either of those teams were that good. I don't want to watch. Jared so you wanna,
1: what do you want to do, get the, keep the Packers out of the playoffs at
3: 13-3? No. The playoffs, I don't want to change anything about the current playoff structure. It's fine as is. Why? Are, I know why they're changing it. It's money. Um, so I'm not going to be like, why are they changing it? I get why they're changing it. And, yes, obviously I'm going to watch the games – but every single year, we have to watch crappy quarterbacks play in the postseason. And this year's wild card round was really good. Um, but look, in years past, we have to watch like Brian Hoyer versus Andy Dalton. Uh, we have to watch Mason. Like I don't want to watch Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And the fact of the matter is, there aren't enough good quarterbacks for me to justify having an extra
2: playoff game. Would you watch Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs?
3: Yes. Well, here's the thing: is when MLB expanded the wild card. I was very pro it because I was like, oh, great. The Mariners are going to make the playoffs. Didn't work out for my Mariners. I'm not going to go into this thinking, oh, I'm for it just because it means the Bears have a better chance of making the playoffs. I don't think we should reward 44 percent of the league with a playoff berth. Sean, the Bears would have made the Bears.
4: Let me use the 44 percent real quick, because when the NFL expanded to 12 playoff teams in 1990, that allowed 43 percent in. And uh you know everybody was fine with that and so it's kind of hovered around there and obviously when the NFL went to 32 teams and they added the Texans in 2002 it went down to 37.5% but to say to stick on the 44% argument when it was 43% for a
3: few years to me just seems silly yeah but what it's not at 43% anymore well, I'm saying that it was, so it's, right. and I'm they've already done
4: that. It's already proven that it works, so why, why use the percentage? Expan-
3: I'm saying since ex- – and look, I can't speak to what the dialogue was at the time when that was going on, but I would say since they went to 32 teams, 12 out of 32, it has been the perfect mix.
4: Sean, the Bears would have made the playoffs in both 2011 and 2012
3: I'm, under the new format. That's Look, I'm not – I said – I'm So I'm, you don't I, want
4: the Bears in the playoffs?
3: I already got suckered into this when MLB went to two wildcard teams thinking the Mariners would make the playoffs. It didn't happen. I'm not going to go into this thinking about my one team. Yeah, but MLB had a horribly designed playoff
4: system where you have teams playing 162 games and, and getting eliminated in one game. That's dumb. So this is just I, I, adding I, I, one NFL playoff game, adding one team in each conference. I love this. Sean, I love it, and I hate that you don't.
3: For the record, uh, if you want to read someone better articulate my thoughts on this, Jonathan Jones did write a good piece. For CBS Sports that you should read, Brenton, you're on mute. That's Sean admitting he doesn't have his own thoughts anymore.
2: Mm, you hate to see it.
3: I tweeted it before JJ wrote about it.
2: Oh, in that case.
4: You kidding me? Playoffs?
1: <laughs> uh, That's what I was trying to play. That's what I was talking. I couldn't say anything. I was actually, I actually found a, a song. It was called dunked on, and it was like y'all couldn't hear it. Like I couldn't believe y'all didn't stop moving or whatever, because uh, I was on mute apparently. Anyway, look, I think it's a, look, I think it's a valid point to say that dilution of the playoff field could create problems. But if you're letting in teams that aren't that what's great, what's what? What are the problems with one more team? Right. You're diluting the field. Would be the problems.
4: But but what problem does that cause? Like what's the problem with the Packers Rams game?
1: Well. Here's the issue is that no no, no. I mean like look, here's the issue is if I'm going to play devil's advocate and team up with Sean here is that in like baseball and basketball if you add next if you expand the playoffs you're expanding it to a series and so you're not very likely to have the bad team move forward whereas like if you know the Steelers could have gone in there and beaten Stop. you know the Chiefs
2: with what are they going to shoot
1: Patrick Mahomes
3: <laughs> if the Chiefs somehow <laughs> thought it was in Pittsburgh and set their equipment to Pittsburgh yes
1: is it would it be the other argument I saw is that it would be unfair for the Chiefs as the two seed going into the Super Bowl with an extra game against a team like the 49ers who got the one seed, even though, you know, because of the conference setup, like maybe or, you know, I mean, I, I don't know like that that would be the argument, I guess.
2: What about this? What about seven teams? But then you reseed after the regular season based on record. And that way, you know, if your record's better than the other team in the division that you have to travel to, they come to you.
1: I just I mean it puts a huge impetus, uh, emphasis, excuse me, on being the number one team in the yeah. conference. I mean, yeah, I, I which is good. I, I, the top I, team
4: should be rewarded. Right. Like, I don't know why Sean doesn't want them to be reward because the margin of errors too thin. Like, Sean, the, I the numbers, I want the top I want, team
3: should be rewarded. Because I think this in a lot of years, the second team is very close to being just as good as the first team. And I think it is a very significant um, advantage that we're only giving to one team when there are more than one great teams per year that deserve that same advantage.
2: Sounds like socialism, Sean. Mm.
3: Well, that's an argument for a different generation. And And diluting the playoff field, this is what I've seen on Twitter, too, is people
4: are afraid that seven and nine teams would get in. Uh, if we take this all the way back to 2002 when the NFL changed the divisional realignment – when the Texans came in from two thousand two to two thousand nineteen, if this format had been in place, there would not have been a single seven and nine team that got a seven seed. So you're talking about no horrible teams getting in. They're all going to be mediocre too good, too very good. The eleven and five Patriots without Tom Brady in two thousand eight would have gotten in. Ten and six teams don't get left out. I mean, if you're talking about teams that prove themselves over so the regular season, there's no reason a ten and six team should be left out of the playoffs, Sean. The Cleveland Browns in 2007 went 10 and 6 and got left out I, of the playoffs. I'm very
3: much aware what do you as say a to fan Browns fans? as a fan of the Browns or sorry as a fan of the Bears who <laughs> yikes that was, that was difficult. Um, as a as a fan of the Bears who went 10 and 6 in 2012 I think and missed the playoffs, I get it. I don't think that happens every single year though and I don't I don't think this you guys can be a fan of it but I think you can admit this doesn't fix a problem, right? Hey, this no, is I don't but there's not a problem. This, yeah.
4: yeah what's the fix this is like kate upton getting a haircut she's gorgeous whether she has the haircut or not there's
1: no fix it's well, just I, better i thought you were gonna go rick riley there and i, got, I got worried too <laughs> I, like,
2: I don't remember the rick riley thing but sean 2010 2011 2012 so he suggested that it'd be like uh,
1: kate, kate upton a third uh it was
3: the warriors adding kevin durant was like kate upton getting a third
2: breast oh interesting <laughs> 2010 through 2012, Sean, the Bears would have made the playoffs each and every year.
3: I told you I don't care about looking at it through the lens of my own team I root for. That That's not how I'm looking at this. Sean, are you going to watch this playoff
4: game? Assuming, let's say 10 years down the road, so you've got okay. to watch it. Uh, well, I was going to say, assuming and I, and I you don't have this job 10 years from now. Are you watching this playoff game? Oh, um
2: Unless he's working if, on a movie blog.
3: If it's like a Brian Hoyer quarterback versus a Josh Allen quarterback, I could see myself skipping it. Josh. When this
1: news when this news broke, I was out of the house. I was at um I was at with my buddy Garrett and uh who's you know, doesn't do this doesn't write about football professionally, doesn't cover the sport, is a huge sports fan, loves to gamble, loves to watch football, loves playoff football, and he was
2: like, This is awesome. And I mean like what this is great. So more more playoff games? Cool. Garrett, Sounds great. Garrett, may I introduce you to Sean Wacker McGuff, who hates okay. football? I
0: mean,
1: on the podcast just Just because you three
3: like it and Brinson's friend um, likes it, just what, like, there are a lot of people who feel the same way that I feel. Debo, do you like it, it or not?
1: I like it, unless it uh, leads. That's five to one. Yeah. Hey, I'm in. Sean, yes. just am curious.
3: The are, the, are, yes.
1: are these people that you're talking about, are they, uh, average blue collar fans or are they hot, high, highfalutin journalist people on Twitter? It would be the latter. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe I've got to cover more players. You know what would be fun,
3: though? I'm not mad about it. I just think this is something that the NFL that, is, is changing something that isn't broken, and I would prefer to just them leave something that's fine as is. I but, understand why they're doing it. I'm not saying how dare they do this. I understand it's all about money. I get it. And, yes, even though I'm not a fan of it, of course I'm going to watch it. So.
2: You said yeah. that other people agree with you. I would wager that you're the only person on planet Earth that hates the playoff system but wants to add a 17th game. That doesn't make sense. That's what doesn't that make sense. That hates the playoff system? Add a-
3: I would prefer to add more regular season games than playoff games.
2: Wow. That's what doesn't make sense. All right, well, let's talk about
3: the 17 games. To me, Wait, Let me say real quick on the playoffs,
4: what if, Sean, you know how they want to reward the team that's the hottest because sometimes the hottest team going to the playoffs wins the Super Bowl? I, somebody proposed this on Twitter, I don't remember who, but what if they uh, – what if they give the seventh spot in each conference to the team that has the best record over the final eight
3: games? And make it just like a crazy spot? You no. Know? <laughs> I, like I, I would I would like why the- don't we just Sean. bring it to Albert and have him pick a hat, like pick a thing out of a hat,
1: and
2: then that'll be. Sean, what game. if what if they in the playoffs have no punny? Would you would you watch it then? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the
2: only way I would tune in, right? <laughs> See, I find
1: the I find the idea of expanding the number of regular season games. To 17, far more offensive than... Yeah.
3: Uh, uh, I mean, for the record, I think all around they should say at 16 in the current playoff format. I'm just saying I would be more receptive to the regular season. But I still prefer they keep everything the same, but they're not going to. Okay, so... I'm not, like, banging my fist for 17 games here.
1: For the record, by the way, it would be... If, it, if they went to 17 games, but you just changed your mind. You said... You, you don't mind the, the regular season as much. I, yeah, I, I I can live with that. I can live with it. So play. it would be three preseason games, seventeen regular season games. Presumably, uh, they would correct me if I'm wrong. They would have it. They would add a second buy in there. This would be for the 2021 season. So uh, each team would play seventeen regular season games. They would have two buys. I, honestly, look, I know it's I know it's to make more money. I think this is all designed around putting a team in London. Personally,
2: I also yeah. think it's a an olive branch to push through the other crap they want to push through that the, the NFLPA and the players aren't going to like, like the 17 games. What do you mean the olive branch? Like, hey, we did this for you. Here's some more money. Because I don't think anyone other than Sean and his hipster buddies are against it. I would imagine the players want to have a better chance of playing in the playoffs and, and get the playoff share of that money. And are you talking that. about the playoffs you talking about the regular season? I'm saying they do the playoffs first, the owners do, and say, hey, look what we did for you. And then in, in, the, in the 11th hour, they slip Well, through.
1: also consider this. like, I mean, th- but th- think about how aggressive the owners are being. They have, according to reports, Given the players a 1.5 percent bump move in in the in the revenues in the revenue sharing, what is that, that
2: worth is, Over the course of all the players per year, do you know? Like what's that? Right now. What is that 1.5 percent worth? Do you know? Per it player, it's
1: 1.5 percent over the course of ten years.
4: Well, if they're bringing in twenty billion a year, just use that. It could get up to thirty. Now, we'll say, is, say twenty billion. That's three hundred million a year over ten years. That's three billion dollars extra that, in the players' pockets. I
1: think. Okay. I think it's supposed to be five billion. Is the is the total amount that's moved over ten years? No,
4: per someone, year.
3: Someone calculated
1: it. Who did it? Uh, okay. I well, thought yeah, you would have done it, Ryan. As you're the math guy, so
2: well i didn't I knew it was one and a half percent but I didn't know what the, the total number was and also if it was forty thousand dollars a year I mean screw that if you're a player but if it's four hundred thousand dollars a year okay now you have my attention yeah
1: i mean here's the, here's the problem is that well for one a lot of the revenues like the revenue is it from teams so like if Jerry Jones sells the the Frisco Star, if he sells at, you know, if he if it's sponsored by Ford, that revenue does not go into the CBA. This is strictly from league wide revenues for like the TV deals, basically. And the other reason I think, and I look, you can argue with me if you want, but I, I don't think many people would, is that the owners want to knock this out now. Is that they think once the players see how much these TV revenue deals are for in the next CBA, they're going to wish they'd had like 50 percent instead of 48 and a half. 48 and a half is still really good. Um, and it's very close to 50%, but you know, it's just not going to be. Um, and look, the reality is that the 17 games is, you know, you are going to get 17 paychecks now instead of 16, or your pay, you know, your paycheck is going to be bigger. Like, you know, it'll be split up, obviously, but they're not going to have the same paycheck split 17 ways. Presumably, the cap will expand. The owners will find ways not to get the players their money because that's what the owners do and they're really good at it. Um, but the players in theory, and look, like some of this money is going to be going to retirees for health care benefits and all that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons ways in which the players will not be helped here. uh, But they are going to be getting a significantly larger chunk of change.
4: But even if they do get that larger chunk of change, I don't know that it it's going to not help like 80% of players because the guys at the bottom of the barrel, they're not going to see their – Pay go up a ton, but a guy like Patrick Mahomes, when he signs his second contract, he's going to go from making 40 million a year to 50 million a year because the cap's going to go up so much and he's going to argue that, hey, I still need to get my 15 to 17% of the cap, but the guys that are at the bottom making $800,000 a year, now what? They make maybe $900,000 a year. So I think the guys making the smallest amount of money, it's not going to help them very much. But Princeton, you said something about London and I do think that is where they said because you put the 17th game you make an international game or a neutral site game and one thing i do want to see the nfl do is make like a true first place schedule so on this 17 game schedule you keep the formula the only thing you change is that you have a first place team in the afc play a first place team in the nfc but not from the division that they're already playing so that would add uh, – because right now every team plays the same schedule. You play four first-place teams, four second-place teams, four third-place teams, and four fourth-place teams. No matter which place you finish in, that's what you're playing. It's all the same to everyone. So if you add another first-place game to for first-place teams, it makes their schedule more difficult.
2: Let me ask you this. Uh, what are the NFL's talking points when someone says, hey, man – the 17-game thing. I thought you guys were against head injuries. How is this making things better for people's heads when we're playing another game of people running full speed into each other? And an extra bye week doesn't fix concussions, by the way. Here's here's the primary talking point. Here's some money, and then run away. <laughs> or <laughs> this will help us
4: raise more money, which we can use to study concussions, yeah, and right. then we'll figure out concussions because of all the money we're throwing at it. And even if we don't figure it out, we're throwing so much money that the players won't care no
3: more. Is that Jerry Jones?
4: That was like Jerry Jones right. and Goodell combined, and I'm not sure. Because I think
3: Jerry Jones would say there's no link between CTE and football, because I think he actually did say that.
2: <laughs> he did, in fact, say that.
1: Um, just let that one hang out there. Yeah. Sean is vilified by the owners and Cowboys fans on Twitter. You, Sean. Think
4: you think they'll put international games in different cities if they go to 17 games? Like Germany? Like yes. Everywhere.
1: Yes. Uh, if, you two, if you have two bye weeks, it makes it infinitely easier to schedule a bunch of games internationally. Cause that they have to schedule the games internationally around at least one bye week. And unless the team declines to do so, which I think the Bears did or the Colts did one time. And it just makes it substantially easier. So, um, in that, in that, in that regard, uh, look, this is happening. It's, it's coming. It's happening. The playoff changes are coming. They are happening. The owners can say, listen, we will give you less, you can smoke all the weed, get as high, get high as hell, smoke all the weed you want, whatever you want, use it to, you know, use it to, to, to help medicate, etc. We're going to give you a bunch more money in exchange. You're going to play some more football games. Deal. And they're going to take the deal because it's a bunch of money and they can keep getting paid. And, um,
2: the, uh, the ability to do something that's legal is the most NFL owners thing ever as part of the media. Sure. <laughs> Hey, you want to drink alcohol? Yeah. Go crazy. Just make sure you call an Uber. You want to smoke weed? You can already do that legally, but hey, here it is. Do you, guys, <laughs> and, do you, do you guys want a pop quiz? Yeah, pop quiz. Do you, guys, out, do you guys know
4: the last time the NFL expanded the regular season schedule?
2: Nineteen ninety.
4: That is not correct.
2: Uh, not, <laughs> John is
1: not sure.
4: <laughs> I was trying to be dramatic.
1: <laughs> no. Um. Nineteen ninety-five. Wait, Wait, I have another guess. Two thousand. John's
4: turn.
2: Oh, he doesn't
1: know. Two thousand two.
4: The answer is nineteen seventy-eight.
2: Oh, 2002, they did the realignment for the divisions. My bad. Uh,
4: Yeah. 1977, they played 14 games. 1978, they upped it to 16.
1: So was the last time that we had some major – I mean, if it's been 1978, obviously with the schedule, it's been a while. Um, with Like when was the last major change to divisions and teams and the playoffs? and Oh, two, right? Yeah, that was when the
4: Texans came in and evened everything out.
1: See, I feel like that is sort of a thing where – you know from like 19 like it felt like from like like throughout the 90s and 2000s there was always some big change happening with the nfl you know what i mean like there was like teams teams coming to the jaguars the panthers the texans um, the browns coming back yeah yeah i mean like there's just all kinds of stuff going on and there's been relative like stability in terms of what we understand the sport is for the last 15 years and i think that probably makes us more hesitant to accept the idea of change. Like if they've been tinkering with stuff constantly, it wouldn't be as big a deal if they change the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera.
4: Well that's the thing. We've kinda of come to accept this is the longest the NFL's ever gone without changing anything. Because if you go back to the merger in 1970, that started with eight playoff spots, 26 teams. Then in seventy six they added the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. And because they added to the 28 teams, that made them go to ten playoff spots, sixteen games And then 1990 is when
3: they went from 10 playoff spots to 12 playoff spots. So – on, on that note, maybe that's one reason why I'm so against it. Because you mentioned like 2002, like that's probably when I actually really started. Oh, Sean
1: never. Sean wasn't a lot. Like he doesn't that. know anything else.
3: No, I'm saying like 2002 is probably around the time that I actually really started to watch. You know, the NFL is more than just like a kid. And this is all I've known. And now it's like very jarring. Like, why are we fixing this? I've never complained once about the structure. Of the well, playoffs.
1: I bet I bet you didn't like the single game MLB playoff thing either.
3: No, I hate like, it. Do you do you care about it now? No, I hated it, but I said I liked it from the perspective of it gave the Mariners a better chance always to make the playoffs, but that's never happened since, so I I just still hate it.
2: By the way, in two thousand two, 2001-2002, I did not care about the realignment, and I'm looking now in the 2001 season in the NFC Central, where the Bears played, you can name the uh, other three teams because they are currently in the in the NFC North, but can you name the fifth team in that division in the NFC Central that left in 2001 or left in 2002?
4: I can, but I'm not going to give the answer away.
3: The Buccaneers.
2: Oh, good guess. That's right, the Buccaneers, which would be incredibly – I think that's that's what's called an answer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know. He said good guess. I thought it was wrong.
4: And also, I'm glad Ryan brought it up that season because in 2001, the AFC Central had six teams. They had six teams. So they had an unfair – you're fighting for a playoff spot with five other teams, whereas every other division was only fighting against four other teams for the championship. So it was kind of stacked – Against uh, the, the
2: Bengals. AFC Central year, uh, and with six teams in the AFC Central, the Bengals still came in last. <laughs> uh, they, they tied for last This run. will sound a little odd,
1: but I sort of trust the NFL to get this part of it
2: right. That does sound odd.
1: Like, I, like they screw up a ton of stuff, but I kind of trust them to get, like, the
2: playoffs are the playoffs. I mean, yeah. right? Well, the Rams and the uh, Saints might have a, an argument in terms of getting the playoffs right. Okay, fair point. They
1: can't figure out what a catch is, and uh, don't. Well, do catch- I think to your point, Brenton, they're really bad at like in-game
3: stuff and yeah. like how how the football is like played on the field. They're terrible at. But for the most part, like again, I'm saying like I've had no complaints ever with the schedule of playoff stuff. They've they've always gotten that stuff right. And for as much as I don't like it, like yes, I'm still going to watch, and I'm sure it'll there'll be an entertaining seventh seed game every once in a while.
4: Yeah. If anything, you would think we would all be complaining because it adds. uh three more weeks to our workload, but we love it. Except,
2: right?
4: Sean. Except I, Sean. I don't. Because he's lazy.
1: I don't like the idea that they're going to have the Super Bowl in, like, February 28th. Oh, I love that. Leave your Super Bowl, man. I am all over. Well, you February know what happens if they do that, right? They're going to push back the combine, and then they'll push back free agency, and then they'll push back the draft, and then pretty much it'll be June And we'll be still working. There will be no no off month.
3: How's that different from any other year? So, Brenton, Brenton will only take three vacations and not five.
1: (laughs) I take two. I take two week long vacations in June, like like my company policy allows me to. I don't know what y'all's deal is. I don't. I'm not like Ryan who just flaunts the conventions of the workplace and takes six (laughs) weeks of vacation either.
2: Hey, Uh, six weeks of vacation. Get ready to not see Breach for a while with his paternity leave that he's about to ram. You take six weeks. He's taking twelve. That's you, you're having a baby. It's part of it, guys. Or sure, you're having
4: a baby. Sure. Who's you. gonna? Can the baby sub in for me on the podcast?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. At least then the the, the problem is they won't be able to tell which voice is the baby's and which voice is Sean. <laughs> <For>
3: instance, <laughs> you could tell when he thought of that because he already started laughing. <laughs> he started even talking. We
4: should we should have a podcast vote and we all vote on uh, which team I raise the baby to be a fan of because I don't think just making her a Bengals fan is fair. So we might have to vote
2: that out. What is, uh, who's your special? wife a fan of? Yeah, who's Rachel like? Oh, she's from
4: Alabama, so all they care about is Alabama football.
2: There you go. Be so here. she's
4: a Bengals fan because she didn't have an NFL team.
0: Just
1: make it Would beat. Alabama beat the Bengals? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's take a quick break when we come back. We'll do some mailbag questions.
0: Mailbag. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.
1: we have a bunch of mailbag questions that have come in recently. Very excited for them, uh, Debo. I have a point of procedural uh, that I need to ask you about. What's up? So I noticed that you didn't include one of the questions. That, that was, me? Yes, that was recently
2: left. I would like to read it. Um, yeah. You can read it. That's fine. If Debo's okay with that, I, care.
1: I was saving that
0: because we'll answer in the future some draft-related questions, and I think that's the one that you're hinting at. But we could do it with the Super Friends. It might be more fun to read with the Super no, no, Friends. No,
1: no, 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 no. That one is the uh, that one is the mock draft question. No, I'm talking about the one that's below it, the three star from. Oh well, we this is five star. Okay, plus. okay, we're not we're not rewarding a three star. Can I read it or not? I mean,
2: we're rewarding a three star if you read it, but go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I forgot about this one. <laughs>
1: This Tuesday pod was the worst. Stop with the nonsense and go straight to the point. I can't stand how y'all just goofball around before going to what the podcast is all about. And y'all need a brother on the pod enough. Um,
2: Disrespectful, but go ahead.
1: So, so uh, look, I'm as Caucasian as it gets. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, I
2: do think it is a little disrespectful to my good African-American friend, Ryan Wilson. Two things. Um back in the day when Brent and I just podcasted like 2015, uh one they some someone on Twitter saw a picture of us. They actually liked the podcast and they thought I looked like Joe Dirt. So uh that's one thing. What? Yeah, I know they sent us a picture of I don't remember who they thought you looked like. And then more recently someone thought that I probably when they were, saw me they were again surprised. They thought I would look like um not Justin Long, but the other nerdy guy in the Apple commercials who used to be on on Comedy Central um John Stewart show, and he's like an old goofy guy with, with glasses and a comb over. So I can understand where this person's coming from, but, uh, yeah, hate to tell you, I'm black. (laughs) I
5: don't, sorry,
2: I'm not representing the, the brothers like you want me to, but I'm I'm doing all I I guess the man is Will Brinson. Good news though, you have a Mexican and John Breach and someone of South Korean, um, descent and Sean Wagner mcgough where are you from, Debo? Are you Italian, Greek,
0: Italian? But I'm pretty white as well.
2: <laughs> not as white as me, apparently. But there you have it.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, in theory, you could say that I'm in the. You know what? Um, no, I mean, like, uh, it, I, I, I was surprised by that. That somebody thought that this was not a uh, diverse and well represented podcast. Because I would challenge anybody to find a more. Diverse and well represented podcast in the sports podcast space. I don't, I, I don't think you'll get it. There's a lot of diversity out there in, in, in young sports media, maybe traditional NFL media, not the most diverse group of uh, guys, bunch of crusty old whites. Yeah, thank, thank you, Brenton, for bringing that up.
5: <laughs> what?
1: I just,
2: I'm, I'm joking. That's funny.
1: So that's, that's, that's the only way you get a three star you get
2: read as a three stars if you question. Well, my point to you was he still gave us three stars, so he, might, he must not have truly hated it. Um, what last- was the Tuesday pod he's complaining about? I can't imagine what he thought
1: about the Damoshek podcast.
4: Oh, uh, the Tuesday pod was where we started with a rant about who was the drunkest president.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: that's
4: Which I, I thought was a solid post-president's day rant. I mean, that's what you
1: want the day after president's Wait, day. Less than five minutes. The the Damoshek podcast was like 11 minutes on brunch talk before we even got going.
2: It was not less than... <laughs>
1: Debo was, Debo described, uh, producing me and Davishek doing a podcast as two guys at tangent rehab. Oh my
2: god. Well, done. um, what's what a uh, big brunch
1: takeaway? Uh, Shek thinks that, uh, bone in ham is underrated.
2: I don't even know what that means. Um, I've
3: never seen that on a menu at a brunch place,
1: I don't, I think. Uh, and if, I said if you had to pick one brunch item for the rest of time, what would it be? And he went with a skillet. I don't that's know. It's a that. good choice. Cause then you have, you have unlimited eggs and you can bring in meats and vegetables. You can vary what you're eating. I, I, I think that's a pretty good choice.
4: I'm, I'm gonna yeah, go pancakes.
1: pancakes? Yeah, you can put anything in pancakes. Anything. I love pancakes too. You couldn't put vegetables in pancakes. Ah,
4: uh, you can actually. I've
1: done it. Bean pancakes. Am I right, Sean? Hey! Well done. What did he say?
3: Korean pancakes were really good. Oh, yeah. They are, they are oh. better than real pancakes.
1: We actually had about a five-minute rant against pancakes. That's oh. why I brought them up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you say, Sean? Your choice was? I know you're a big
3: an omelet, like eggs and like an omelet or a scramble with like potatoes. It's like pretty much what I order whenever I go out. For so you breakfast.
1: don't get the potatoes; you just get one.
3: yeah. That, that's two items, Sean. So I would pick the omelet.
1: An omelet's a good choice too because it's a vehicle that you can carry a lot of different meats and cheeses and stuff in. What? So you... are pancakes. You yeah, Breach, an like,
3: you're not putting like spinach and like. You can stuff a pancakes. pancake.
1: But do you want to? Oh, of course you do.
2: <laughs> what about
1: crepes? I what? want to see Breach. I will. I will if if I see you cook some spinach, egg and cheese pancakes, <laughs> and eat them. Or not spinach egg, and cheese. Sorry, spinach, onions, mushrooms, cheese, pancakes. Uh, I'll change my mind about how I feel about how far you can throw football. If Breach, I have, are you put? Are you putting
4: syrup on that still? Yeah. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to. That sounds disgusting. But I, but I can. It's an option.
2: If I had to guess, the only thing Breach is cooking is is meth. That's just me. <laughs> Did you say meth? Yeah.
1: <laughs> meth cakes. <laughs> uh, all right, let's. Uh, Ryan gets called out, out on one stars. podcast. would have been better. If you have if you have brunch questions, we'll answer them. Movie questions. If you leave a five star review, we'll answer a question in the future. Uh this, okay, This is for Ryan. There's a lot of Ryan, a lot of Ryan buzz going on right now. It's uh, drastic, a lot of burners. This, yeah, a lot of Ryan burners. Uh, this mean, one was titled I, I, yeah, from uh, Shinks1208 via Apple Podcasts, uh, titled The Dark Wizard in Football. Okay. Hey, Ryan, this has been bothering me for a while now, but how can you laugh at Philip Rivers' final press conference as a charger as he is clearly emotional? So my question for you is, Where have you hidden the pieces of your soul, you dark wizard? What do you think? What do you super friends think? Where would Ryan Wilson hide the pieces of his soul as horcruxes? Who's horcruxes? Harry Potter. Anyway. Harry Potter. (laughs) No, I've never read Harry Potter. Say that word again.
2: (laughs) Horcruxes? What is it? How do you pronounce it, John? Horcrux. Oh, are you a Harry Potter guy too?
3: No, but I know <laughs>
1: obviously Potter. Oh. I've seen the movies.
2: All right, well, I'll put it to you guys first. Oh, the well, ads,
1: anyway. Love the show.
2: Yeah, and he gave five stars. So he, he, I think he, I think Shinx is, um, you know, he's probably a Philip Rivers fan. This could be your burner, Brinson. But what do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think? I uh, think
4: Ryan's soul is buried underneath the jesters in Fort Lauderdale.
2: <laughs> what do you think about the suggestion that I was laughing? Well, not suggestion. The the actuality of me laughing at Philip Rivers during that press conference where he bawled a little bit.
1: I thought it was rude and and and, uh, and inappropriate, and it makes you an evil person, a dark wizard, even if you
2: will. Sean,
3: I'm, I'm I'm offended that I was laughing equally hard, and I didn't get called out on this. Right. <laughs> uh, I had, I never mute myself, and I had to mute myself because I thought Princeton'd get mad if I started laughing.
1: I, I was. Uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I would say that I would say that Ryan probably keeps her soul where everybody keeps her soul, right on the uh,
2: back of the neck. Oh, very nice. John, did you have any issue with with my behavior?
4: I did not because half of it for me – and I wasn't laughing as hard as you guys, but I also covered my mic so that I wouldn't get called out. But half of it was Brinson reacting to what was happening. Like I thought I saw tears coming down Brinson's face. So it was just a whole combination of everything uh, that definitely brought a few chuckles to the three of us.
2: I will say this uh, to give Shanks some more perspective – I like Philip Rivers as a football player. I think he's incredibly tough. We talked about the – what year was that game, 2008, 2007, where he played in the playoffs with the no ACL. Um, not many players would have done that, and he didn't play terribly given that he had one leg. The issue that I have with Philip Rivers is the Yannick Ngakwe behind the scenes where he's acting like a complete goober and uh, the trash talk where he doesn't curse, which makes me even angrier than if he just cursed and just talked solely about people's mothers. That's where I was like laughing at the fact that this is how it came to a head for him. Disrespectful by the Chargers, the way they treated him. I don't disagree with any of that. And I, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, if that makes you feel better, Shinks, I don't know, but it was funny either way. Fair enough.
1: Um, all right, Ryan, this is where, uh, we say goodbye to your soulless, uh, spirit whatever you are you got to go to a cbs sports hq hit reminder cbs sports hq or 24 7 streaming sports network that you can watch on your roku apple amazon fire we actually got a new tv a little new smart tv uh pretty excited with like the you can use the commands it was on sale president's day at best buy but you can use like the um it has all the little features on the bottom do you guys have one of those
2: no because smart tvs are listening
1: i mean your phone's listening
2: fair enough for instance Um, listening
1: I mean, you do, know, you do, a, we do a daily NFL podcast. Like I, I, everyone's listening to us. So I, whatever. Um, you don't have a, have you not used one of those smart TVs where you can like access Netflix from the TV? I mean, it's freaking incredible.
4: It's a, do, are you just getting that like now in 2020? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, man. I've I mean, had you, that. Since, I mean, do you, do you, so, yeah, uh, I've, had, I've had that since like 2015 or 16. I, I was really? going to say 2015.
1: Yeah. None yeah. of my TVs are smart TVs. But this one has like a Roku built in or something. Uh,
4: you're never going to leave your couch then. You literally can just turn on your Netflix, Hulu, everything from Brian is rolling out because he does not have a smart TV and cannot partake in this conversation. Yeah, it, dude, and your life is going to change. Your whole off-season is just going to be completely different. I don't know what to tell you.
3: How do, how do you watch Netflix? with the, What do you use to watch Netflix?
4: Yeah, like an Amazon
1: Fire, t- Fire stick uh, or Firebox? See, sometimes
3: I will just use my Xbox if I, if it's on already because you can get apps on your game console. You
1: have, you don't, do you have cable? You have cable, right?
3: I have cable. But, like, if I want to watch HBO Go or Netflix, like, I usually just turn on my Xbox because right. the apps are on there.
1: Yeah. Right. Like, how else do you have the Netflix app on your television?
3: Yeah. It's a different remote, though, and right now the battery's out.
1: It, just doesn't, sound that, okay, it doesn't sound that smart, then. Like, it seems like kind of a pain. No, it, it's – you literally just
3: have to click Netflix on your TV remote instead of firing up something else. Uh, or batteries.
4: Like, <laughs> you get Xfinity. I shouldn't be shouting out Xfinity because they don't personally sponsor me. But that's what I have, and you talk to your remote control, and you say Netflix, and it just pops up. Have you seen those commercials? I think, like, Olivia Munn does them, and she just talks to her remote. I have that. It's, it's, yeah, uh, our, I, I actually have
3: Xfinity, and I don't know any of the channels because I had DirecTV for so long that I – I literally have to use the voice thing every time I want to switch the channel. Th- that
4: definitely is the issue because I've had it for six months. I, I little, I don't even know what channel. Wait, you guys switched
3: DirecTV too? Yeah, well, when I moved to this apartment, they couldn't do. DirecTV is hard to get on certain apartments because they have to put, um, the satellite, like, on oh, the roof. Sure. But then you can stream. You
4: can buy the streaming thing to convince I do. DirecTV that you, you can't put a satellite yeah. up. But don't tell them that I can. I just tell them I can't.
1: Oh, so you, you bought this. Well, you, anybody can buy the Red Zone streaming now for free, or, like, anybody can do right, that. Right, uh, but
4: you but can you, buy a separate DirecTV package with that doesn't involve a satellite. You just stream all the games if you need Sunday ticket.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anybody can do that now. You don't have to trick them anymore. Anybody can buy that now.
3: Oh, really? Well, that
1: makes yeah. you feel better. Yeah, when
3: it first started, it was only if they couldn't install a, a satellite at place.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So now I'm, um, like, I'm, uh, I'm, I cut the cable, I cut the cord, and we got a... Like we just use Netflix and you know, uh, I got YouTube TV, which is really good. Uh, it's much cheaper, and I think I'm just gonna. I, mean, I like DirecTV, but I, I'm gonna see how these TV deals shake out with the NFL before I, you know, go back to DirecTV or maybe just stream them. I don't know. Uh, anyway, you would hate streaming sports because then you can't tweet about it on time. It's it's rough. I don't like it right now. I'm like way behind. Like I'm reading Twitter and I'm way behind. Um, anyway, moving along. Why does uh this is uh from Jennison One Hundred One? Back in February, why does Dan Quinn still have a job? Hey, Super Friends, I live in Atlanta. I've been a Falcons fan my whole life. I was born in 1997, so I've never seen a championship parade in my streets. And the Falcons the Super Bowl was probably the worst couple of days of my life. Anyway, why does Dan Quinn still have a job? Did we all watch the same season, same couple of seasons since the Super Bowl? I know we've had some injuries, but that defense is awful. Please give, up, give me some hope for next season. Love the pod. I would say this as somebody who grew up as a, a Braves fan. Yeah, that would be tough, man. It's coming soon. I think the Braves will win a title in the next five years or so because the talent is so good. Sorry, Ron, Robert, you know, Ronald Cunha and, and Ozzy Albies. But if you're an Atlanta sports fan and you've been one since like 90, you were born in 97, it has been a rough, rough go. And, uh, as to why Dan Quincy has his job, I talked to Arthur Blank at the Super Bowl, as you guys probably know. He was on the podcast, actually. Wow. So you could have heard Arthur Blank. So I hope, um, it, it just seems like he opted for continuity in what I think And I agree with him in this. He didn't say this outright, but I I tend to think this: that the coaching class this year was not ideal. And I don't know that the Falcons were definitely going to upgrade. I do think it's fool's gold to uh, to base your decision making on the second half of a season after a team is out of the playoffs, like convinces itself it's out of the playoffs and it's only fighting to save the coach's job. So, like that to me is a little bit of fool's gold. But they did play well on the stretch. They have a ton of good pieces. If the defense could just be decent to start the season, uh that this is a team that can make the playoffs. Drew Brees, um, retiring would have helped them a lot, but the Panthers are rebooting. Arthur Blank talked about this too with us. You know, the Panthers are rebooting. We don't know what the Buccaneers are going to do with their quarterback situation. So certainly that division is winnable if you're Atlanta. And to to his credit,
3: uh they've never really like I know they were terrible this past season, but they did go six and two down the stretch to finish seven and nine. Dan Quinn's five years, he is six games over 500. Their worst season has been seven and nine the past few seasons. He hasn't had that type of season that Arthur Blank kind of like needed where like no one would be defending him, which is like the four and 12, five and 11 season. He's kind of always at least kept the ship afloat. I don't know how much that should matter, um, but that makes it easy for Arthur Blank or easier to justify keeping him around. The question I always have is, is there who's the better option? Um, I think you could have made an argument that maybe like Eric the would have been a better option um, for them for this season. And the hope that I would give him is that they still have Matt Ryan who might not be at his prime anymore but is still playing top ten, top twelve level quarterbacking. Um, and they have had some rough injury issues. and if Matt Ryan maintains his level of production, they have most of that offense still under contract and the defense stays healthy. like I think they could win nine or ten games. I think I picked them to make the playoffs. This past season. So I don't, I'm not on, on extra, I'm not extra playoff on. spots. Yeah, that's true. That, that, there's our hope. Extra playoff spots. Seven and nine will get you in contention.
4: I do think it's crazy that,
3: I mean, I guess I'm okay with blank
4: staying or uh, Dan Quinn staying, but it does feel like that Arthur blank absolutely made this decision based on how they played over the final eight weeks of the season after the bye. Cause you remember going to the bye, they were one and seven. Arthur Blank did not have Dan Quinn's back at all. He was throwing out some like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. We definitely need to be playing better. He did not give him a vote of confidence. And I really think what saved Dan Quinn's job was beating the 49ers in week 15 because they had beaten the Saints. Everybody's like, oh, where was this Falcons team? They beat the Saints coming out of the bye, um, turned around. They were like a 10-point underdog, I think, to the 49ers, went to San Francisco, beat them, and at that point it was – felt like kind of a given that Quinn had saved his job and then obviously they announced it right before week seventeen but I think you guys hit the nail on the head this they play in a winnable division uh, so there is and if you're Dan Quinn and if you're Arthur blank Dan Quinn took you to a Super Bowl in 2016 it's not like the Falcons have this great football history, like the Steelers or the Cowboys or the Patriots, that's the second Super Bowl in franchise history. You don't just dump a coach three years after that. You you cut him some slack as long as he doesn't have that season that Sean was talking about, that three and 13 or four and 12 disaster. And Quinn hasn't had that. So I think you do, you you definitely give him at least one more year. And you know, you guys both said, I think they definitely have potential to get to the playoffs next year. So that is your hope, Jemison. They could get to the playoffs next year.
1: All right. And, uh, Finally, or not finally, excuse me, two more. Uh, love the show. Listen daily from Tebow 904. Thanks, Tebow. Uh, thoughts on the current process for Hall of Fame induction and ways to improve slash modernize it. Thank you in advance. Either of you guys have thoughts. The one, thing,
3: the one thing I would say is not have limits, like just allow more people in because you look at all these offensive linemen who aren't getting in. Um, that's So that's how I would fix it. Hate it. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, I, I, I would well, say that my suggestion, Sean, I'm sorry that we've hated all your suggestions. They actually I know this is that. like the opposite of the Breach Pro Bowl. My, my, my issue. The the <laughs> of fame,
1: and then you know how I felt Hall of fame process. <laughs> no. I think that it's antiquated <laughs> in terms of how they set it up. Like uh, one, as far as I know, they have not done. And this will sounds a little selfish but I don't really necessarily mean me, but I mean, I just think that, I think that there is a group of media members who well, like, like, I mean, in my demographic, my age range, breach ages, breaches age range, um, who have been covering the league for about a decade now. And like, I mean, I'm not saying like, I've been doing this for a decade. I deserve a hall of fame vote. But uh, the way that they built out the hall of fame vote is that they did it geographically. And so, each team was represented is or is represented and there's a b- some national guys too like Peter King and Mike Sander are in there, of course. Um but they wanted to have geographical representation because this is before the days of Sunday ticket and before the days of national broadcast, um when you would see like I watch every team every week. I see every team. I know, you know, I every player that's in the league and that is is playing, like I have a decent idea of, you know, whether they're good or not. I mean not you know like and, and all of us do. And you just didn't have that back in the day because you had beat writers covering mostly, mostly beat writers covering specific teams and they would have an idea of the teams that they played and the teams on their schedule and the teams that they covered. And you wanted somebody, they they want somebody to come in and advocate. For instance, um, you know, like Mike Sando has stood up, as I understand it, and advocated for Tory Holt because he uh, covered him uh, or he covered the, you know, he would cover the Seahawks. And so he saw a lot of Tory Holt when he was at the Rams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but. The, to me, the problem is that it's too splintered from a geographical standpoint. They don't give the votes up. And so, uh, like, um, I, I so like the vote doesn't stay with an org, or no, is it the vote? The vote stays with a person, not the organization. So like, I don't want to call out, uh, anybody by name here, but I do know of two instances where someone, and it wasn't their fault. They were laid off from the job at a newspaper. And they retained their Hall of Fame vote. And now, in in one of these instances, that person went on to get another job in the industry, and it's good that they, you know, could still continue to do that and maintain the Hall of Fame vote. But then, uh, in another instance, uh, somebody kept their Hall of Fame vote, even though they weren't covering the NFL full time. Which to me is like insane. Like like if if you're, it's like in baseball, you know, you get your Hall of Fame vote, you don't lose it, even though, I mean, I'm not saying you should be instantly stripped of it, but if you're not spending the year, Covering baseball in a hardcore manner, then you should be voting on the hall. Like and the same thing with football. Like you shouldn't be voting on the Hall of Fame. And so, uh, to me, that's a little bothersome. And I think too that they are that the perspective that they have. And I get this. Like, why well, you're not going to just open up the club for everybody. But I think that it would be behoove the Hall of Fame to um, maybe blend the the membership who are voting on the hall of fame a little bit and to bring in some younger people to start to uh, do that. And then I just think the idea that like you have to get, you know, it's like, we're only going to do five people. I don't really like baseball's threshold of 75% because you can, you know, a group of people can keep somebody from getting in pretty easily if they wanted to. I don't like that, but I, I do think that, um, you know, like I like I thought that the centennial clearing out the backlog a little bit was good. I think they need to do one more purge. I think they're probably, like, 10 or 15 players behind, and it's creating this un- – like, almost everybody agrees Tony Baselli should be in the Hall of Fame, but they're deciding whether it's, like, Tony Baselli or Steve Hutchinson, and then all of a sudden Peyton Manning and Ed Reed or – you know, it's like, it's like people are pushing – they just push them back further and further. To me, that's problematic. But that's what happens
4: with – I mean, I agree with that, all of your points, but I don't agree with the last one just because that is part of the Hall of Fame process. Like, if there are better players – That come along. If, if I retire in 1998, I I would have been a Hall of Famer, but over the next 20 years, there are better players that come along that are more deserving than they should get in before me. You know, like if if they were more talented than me, and and I'm not saying Pacelli shouldn't be in. I'm just saying that you shouldn't automatically be in because you were a top flight player when you retired. Better players could come along at your position.
1: I don't, I don't disagree with that notion at all. What I do disagree with the notion is that if, like to me, if somebody's a Hall of Famer, they should just be a Hall of Famer. Like the, so for instance, we debate whether Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer or not. If if Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Aaron Rodgers all retire—Aaron Rodgers leave him out because he's probably not retiring—but if, if if Brees, Ben, and Brady all retired this year, Eli Manning's probably not getting in the Hall of Fame for like ten years. Like he's not going to go in with Brady. They wouldn't put him in with Brady. They wouldn't put him in with Brees. They would put if Brady, Brees, Ben, and Eli all retired, they would do one at a time each year. I think for the next couple of years.
4: And I, I want to go back to
1: Warner and Favre. Did Warner and Favre go together? Or did Warner had to wait, right?
4: Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. They, they do It it's crazy that those guys would have to wait, though, even. They do try to avoid having multiple quarterbacks going at the same – I mean, it happens, but just because those are the guys that are going to steal the thunder in each class if a quarterback does go in. But I do want to go back to a couple of your points real quick, Princeton, because there's a – Couple I was going to make that are very similar. I think what you're kind of describing is that these guys have had their votes for so long that you get kind of into this group think mode where the same guys like Tony Baselli, uh, you could use Ken Anderson, the same guys aren't getting in every year because these guys have uh, these guys, the other players that they view as Hall of Famers. And like you said, I do think you could use some uh, younger blood in there. And so what I would do is put term limits on how long you could be a Hall of Fame voter. I would say five years, and then you can be one again, but you have to wait out a few. I don't know what the limit would be for coming back, but there would have to be some sort of – you can only do it for five years straight. And then also I would put Hall of Famers on the committee. I think every other voting thing you see, the Academy Awards, the Heisman Trophy, uh, Academy Award winners are in the Academy. They vote for who wins the next one. Heisman Trophy winners get to vote for who wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, So I do think that – Hall of Fame players who are on the field seeing these other Hall of Fame players and would recognize Hall of Fame talent should also have a vote. So my biggest one would be uh, term limits for media voters and get some Hall of Famers in on the vote. And I would have 100 people on the committee with, like, 50 media members or 75 media members and 50 Hall of Famers or 25 Hall of Famers. And I would rotate the Hall of Famers every year. And maybe they can't vote for someone who was their teammate, but they'd have to sit out of the room for something like that. So you would make the rules to fit this. Uh, but I do
1: think that the voting does need to change. By the way, some breaking news. While we're podcasting. Why are you doing this to me? The NFL uh, released a memo. They've accepted the terms of the CBA. It was on the players to uh, to vote on it next, meaning we could have a CBA done by this weekend, which is wild to think about how quickly that happened. Following more than 10 months of intensive and thorough negotiations, the NFL players and clubs have jointly developed a comprehensive set of new and revised terms that will transform the future of the game, provide for the players past, present, and future, both on and off the field, and ensure that the NFL's second century is even better and more exciting for the fans. The membership, the ownership membership voted today to accept the negotiated terms on the principal elements of a new collective bargaining agreement. The Players Association would also need to vote to approve the same terms for there to be a new agreement. Uh, and then they said, since the clubs and players need to have a system in place and know the rules and they will operate under by next week, the membership also approved moving forward under the final year of the 2011 CBA if the players decide not to approve the negotiated terms. Out of respect for the process, no further comment. In other words, uh, they need to hurry up and uh, and get it done.
4: But that creates a fascinating dynamic if you're a team like the Cowboys and Titans. Basically what this means is it so the players will probably vote on Friday because they have a conference call. So by the time you're listening to this, the players might have already voted whether or not to pass it or not pass it. If they do pass it, the new CBA kicks in and that means teams will not have a franchise tag and a transition tag they'll be back to whatever the new rules are, which Correct. will probably just be a fr- So all of a sudden, if the Titans thought they were going to get Ryan Tanhill and Derrick Henry tagged, nope, because you just lost one of your tags. And the Cowboys, you thought you were going to do Dak and Amari? Nope, you only got one tag. So, uh, But if the players were to vote against this, then those two tags would still be in place. So that really is a, a lot of pressure. And I think, Brinson, as you just tweeted that – that maybe this is a red flag to me that the owners approve yeah. this so quickly. And so it's, I don't think it's a lock that the, the players approve this. So you know, there's going to be some teams kind of rooting that, Hey, maybe let's just, hopefully the players don't pass this till next year, till April or May so that we can go into free agency with
1: two tags. You know, you know, when you, um, you know, when like you make an offer in fantasy football or fantasy baseball or whatever and like somebody accepts it like immediately and you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> like that's <laughs> what this, like I know they've been working on it for 10 months or whatever, but like if I'm the players, I'm like, why are these guys rushing to get this done? This is very bizarre. Like they want to again, they want to negotiate the TV deals. I get it. Uh I'm not suggesting they're up to shenanigans. Um but I'm just saying that uh I would be I would have my antenna up. My spidey senses would be going off if um if I were the players like you're like because remember like the owners are like we will skip an entire year of football we don't care we are getting this deal changed 10 years ago and now they're like hey what's up bros like yeah just bang out this screen at the sun and get it done football's great all right
4: uh, the flip side of that real quick is that not every owner voted for this Adam uh, Schefter is saying that it was ooh. not unanimous uh so maybe the players are saying all right well maybe this isn't they didn't agree on it so maybe this is something we can do and 2011 when the last CBA passed, the vote was 31 to 1 and the only team that voted against it Mike was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown usually does vote against things but that's usually rule changes. He did not he voted for the CBA. He went in line with that.
1: I got to tell you, I'm not really thrilled about the idea of 301 300 plus pages of legal document uh deep diving <laughs> over the next week. Like I was sort of hoping that would be next off season, but um <laughs> Because the current CBA is 301 pages. And I mean, it is a, it is a, like, I don't know who, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, spent a lot of time reading legal documents. It is, it
5: hurts your head.
4: Then there's always fascinating nuggets in it. Like, you almost feel compelled to read it because that's how you find out about how much money, what the player's playoff uh, thing is. You'll find out like the rules for 17 games. It will probably list where that 17th game would be played, whether it be home or what. Like all those details I mean, will it lists be franchise in the full tag TG. rules
1: and all, yeah, it's all right, kinds. Yeah, all kinds. Right, right. And like, I guarantee it, there's gonna be like six or seven things where you find in there. that, A, the breach will write a story about it and do a bunch of traffic. And B, where you're like, holy crap, did they really sneak that in there? And the players signed this? Like, are you kidding me? Here are the five craziest things I found in
4: the new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I got the headline.
1: A so, uh, slideshow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Debo's yelling at me because we're at an hour, I think. Um, like breaking news, Devo. Uh,
3: you guys can see me
5: and know that I am not yelling.
3: <laughs> That's
5: true. <Good>. He <laughs> looks pretty calm. As you can see, I'm just
1: sitting here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Good show. Great show. We lost Ryan halfway through. It's okay. Uh, he had a thing. It's an HQ. We'll, Did uh. You have
3: to read the Dave Gettleman
1: review. We're saving that one. We kicked it down, kicked it, kicked it down the road. We, okay. we will do it, but, uh, we went long I, on some of these. I fought for you, Dave Gettleman, reviewer. We'll get, we, get, we will, look, if you want we will get to every five star review. No doubt about it. We will get to every one eventually. We got a lot of offseason. Don't forget that, you know, this in June last year, people were lamenting that this podcast was. I'm talking to football. Too um, much
3: Game of Thrones. There's no Game of Thrones this year, guys.
4: So relax. Oh, not. But, yeah. but there is Westworld, and you know who's on Westworld? Marshawn Lynch. So we're going to have a reason is to talk really? about it, even though Sean hates the show. You don't like Westworld? Yeah. I like Westworld. Trash show. Sean thinks it's trash.
1: Wow. Okay.
4: Which is uh, and, I, I, and I for the unsubscribed record,
3: to his newsletter because of that. You've you. never subscribed to my, to well, my I'm newsletter. going to. I, I would have like recognized Sean to be bad at gmail.com. <laughs>
1: Uh, have you got? Are you, have you guys watching the new season of Curb?
3: No, not yet.
1: It is strong. Highly recommend. Uh, Nick now, now
3: Devos
4: you know about the to start yelling. Sean's plan of turning this into a newsletter podcast is slowly working. He's on. To I don't want. I don't
3: want to talk about Westworld.
4: Ryan, where's Ryan? Ryan's an ally with me on the Westworld. This past. Marshawn Lynch is on it. That's NFL related. The man played a playoff game a month ago. All
1: right. Good show. Let's get out of here. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you guys.
5: Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.